Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the serialized audiobook of Title Fight, Season 2 of the Galactic Football League series. Written and performed by Scott Sigler. Title Fight is also available as an ebook and as an ad-free, unabridged audiobook. For links to purchase any version, visit scottsigler.com slash titlefight. Hello, mixed martial arts fans, and welcome to Fight Night on USB Network. Brought to you by Junkie Jim. Junkie Jim tastes like a touchdown every time. Give it a shot. We are here at Bob Laramie Memorial Arena on Buddha City Station in the heart of the purest nation. Once again, I'm your ringside commentator, Masara the Observant. And with me, as always, the ever-colorful Chick McGee. Chick, we have the makings of a legendary fight here tonight. Masara, it's already legendary before a single blow is thrown. Korak the Cutter, undefeated in 46 fights, putting his title on the line against perhaps the meanest human being in history, Kyle the Heretic North. Undefeated in his last eight fights, he chewed up the IFA heavyweight division with his brutal, lethal fighting style. The lethal part is what brings us here, Chick. North killed Brokaw the Razor Barb by ripping out his heart after defeating Brokaw for the heavyweight title. The Galactic Fighting Association, the GFA, stripped him of that title, and the rival promotion Intergalactic Fighting Association, the IFA, swept in and signed him to this fight. While Kyle North isn't officially the GFA champion, make no mistake, in the minds of fight fans all over the galaxy, the winner of tonight's tilt is the undisputed heavyweight champion. And speaking of the fighters, Masara, there's the music of the challenger, Kyle North. He should be on his way to the octagon now, and what's going on? Fans are scrambling out of the way. There seems to be some confusion. Wait, what's this? Are those helmeted humans with gold shields and spears? Chick, that's exactly what it is. We expected some pomp and circumstance from the heretic, who's become quite a showman in the last few years. But that looks like, well, it looks like Spartans. No, Masara, I was taken aback at first. But make no mistake, that is a phalanx of 10 Carthaginian soldiers. I was expecting a show, but this is something else. Chick, it looks like the crowd is panicking even further. It's really chaos down there. And something is coming out of the tunnel. Something big. Well, shock me shocking, Masara. That is a shocking elephant. Chick, the language. Oh, shock that, Masara. Kyle the Heretic North is dressed up like the ancient general Hannibal, and he's riding a war elephant to the octagon for his championship heavyweight bout. 
the phalanx is pushing fans and chairs out of the way, widening the aisle for the elephant. How the shuck did he get a shucking elephant in here? The IFA administrators are going to lose their nuts at this. Chick, come on! Sorry, Masara. Sorry, folks at home. It's just not every day you see a Carthaginian phalanx leading a war elephant riding Hannibal to the octagon. Masara, I don't think the heretic could possibly make more of a statement about his confidence. He's reached the octagon, Chick. Kyle North is up the elephant. The phalanx is guiding the animal back to the tunnel. People are starting to return to their seats, but it looks like there are more than a few injured spectators. The fight officials are checking north. He's wearing red trunks with gold trim. And what a specimen he is. Argued by many to be the most dominant heavyweight to ever don the gloves. The heretic is intimidating on all levels. Physical appearance, sheer power, a killer stare, his skills, his in-octagon performance. Masara, things have started to calm down somewhat, but this crowd is both agitated and excited. They knew they were seeing one for the ages, but the hype continues to build. And now, wait, what's this? That's the music of the champ. And here he comes, Chip, the undefeated, undisputed. Heavyweight champion of the galaxy, Korak the Cutter. And what a contrast in styles. The heretic comes in with all the showmanship of an outer system live theater act. And aside from his black trunks and gloves, it looks like Korak the Cutter is wearing nothing but a white towel with a hole cut in it, his head and petty palp sticking through. The towel draped over his chest and back. He's got the heavyweight belt draped over his left middle arm, but he isn't even wearing a robe, just the towel. He's an icon of focus, Masara. Korak is a minimalist philosopher of maximalist doom. No bells and whistles. He's more stripped down than a slow scornal mommy caught in the feeding frenzy of her own brood. Chick, you can't say sorry, Masara. Sorry, folks at home. The fight officials are checking Korak and what's this? The fight doctor appears to be paying very close attention to Korak's chest. Korak appears to be protesting. Uh, can we get a close-up of his chest? Yes, Chick, the cameras are panning in. It appears that Korak has a fresh chitin-fused scar right above his heart. What could have happened? Some kind of training injury? Well, Masara, it's not like he had open-heart surgery right before the biggest fight of his life. I mean, that can't be, or they wouldn't let him fight. But the doctor does look very focused on it. The ringside physician is Dr. Hissian Laura, a leading member of the Laura tribe. He seems to be saying that the fight... He's saying the fight can't continue. Oh my! Masara, I think I just crapped an egg roll. Korak the Cutter just hit the ring doctor. A sweeping right that crushed the hurrah down to the ground. Fight officials are swarming in, trying to hold Korak away from the doctor but the champ is absolutely enraged. The media is crowding in, trying to get a shot, and Dr. Hissian is flopping on the ground. He looks hurt. I've never seen anything like this. The heavyweight champion of the galaxy, 382 pounds of lethal fighting machine, just hit a 50-pound hurrah ringside doctor. Masara, I think the champ may have killed him. And Gael North isn't helping the situation, Chick. The heretic is at the octagon fence. His fingers locked in the chain link. He's shouting at Korak, telling him to get in the ring over and over again. 
Oh no, Masara. He's saying get in the shucking. Ah, we've got it, Chick. Korak looks like a wild thing. He wants in that octagon, and it's a tangle of bodies hanging on him, trying to stop him, to keep him from climbing the fence. Two humans, a key and a quick warrior, are holding him back. Oh my! One of the humans just went down from an elbow. Korak is throwing punches and kicks. He will not be denied his chance at North. North continues to exacerbate the situation. He's pointing at Korak, screaming at him, antagonizing him. The fans have their money's worth before the fight even starts, Masara. Now more sentients have entered the fray. Two quick warriors are pulling fight staff off Korak the Cutter. Chick, do those warriors look familiar? They do, Masara, and color me as shocked as the first time I felt the icy tentacles of my proctologist, but I think that's Virac the Mean and Shoto the Bright, the starting outside linebackers of our Ionath Krakens. Why are they getting involved? It's chaos at ringside, folks at home. Absolute bedlam. Fans are hitting each other. We're on the edge of an all-out riot. There, another body in the scrum around Korak. Looks like a quiff leader. Black fur but I can't make him out from all the big bodies flying around. Despite all the shoving and pushing, the Quith leader appears to be talking to one of the fight officials, Masara, and it looks like things are cooling down. All of a sudden, the insanity has lowered a bit, except for Doc Hissian, who's still flopping around on the ground like a piece of frying back bacon. Whoever that black bird leader is, Chick, he seems to have calmed the situation because fight officials are pushing Kyle North back to his corner. And what's this? Yes, Korak the Cutter is getting into the octagon. More officials are flooding onto the canvas, holding Korak back, holding Kyle back. The two greatest living fighters in the galaxy can't wait to get at each other. This is going to be a bloodbath. We'll see about that, Masara. There is a persistent rumor that Kyle North has taken a dive in the third round. Shit! I call him like I see him, Masara, or in this case, how I hear him. The odds were hovering around 5-1 to one in favor of the heretic, and in pre-fight betting over the past 24 hours, odds have drawn even. Chick, let's focus on the fight at hand. Both corner racks are lowering. Kyle North's team is decked out in red with gold trim. The Claw brothers are on his rack, two men well-known for their expertise in patching up damaged human physiology. And of course, the manager, Marcus Diablo. He, well, Chick, it looks like Diablo isn't on the corner rack. What? You're right, Masara, he's not there. What the hell is going on that North's manager wouldn't be here for the heavyweight championship? It's absolutely mystifying, Chick, but North isn't alone in being alone. Korak's corner rack has lowered. And while I see Dr. Patel and Timmy McMasters decked out all in black, there appears to be no sign of Vicor the Black. Masara, what the hell is going on? History is going on, Chick. History. Both fighters are seated. Their corner teams are prepping them for the fight. Everyone is filtering out of the octagon except for head referee Ben Abmoto, a former all-pro lineman for the Toe Pirates and the largest referee in the history of professional fighting. Officials knew they'd need some mass, Masara, if they want to control this fight. If North wins, they don't want a repeat of the heart-eating performance from the Brokaw the Razor Barb fight. 
Ben Almodo's translator is Shinian. Translation services sponsored by Young Bauer Beer. If you want a real beer, you need that Bauer power. The ring crews are finishing up. The announcer is coming in for the pre-fight introductions. In the climate-ravaged world of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven. Pura is a geoengineered paradise that protects its fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. In a time when the world outside is unsafe, it's vital for Pura's existence that people rally behind the purpose of the city, and Demetria Lopez, head of the city's public relations, tirelessly promotes its idyllic image. But when she stumbles on a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she's willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Ray Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. island in frigid lake superior a fabricated creature birthed from the mind of a disturbed genius stalks the very people who created it ancestor by number one new york times best-selling author scott sigler is a classic tale of science gone horribly wrong available wherever you get your podcasts High up in a dark luxury box, two sentients watch the action taking place in the center of the ring. Both of them should have been down there, on opposite sides of the octagon, but decisions, circumstances, or maybe just fate had brought them here. They watched the live show far below and the multiple close-up angles provided by the luxury box's multiple holotanks. Fights were still raging in the stands. The emerald-suited station cops were swarming into the stands, controlling the near riot in some places, making it far worse in others. Even in the chaos, both sentients sensed that the title fight was about to start, that history was about to be made. With the octagon nearly cleared of non-fight personnel, a tuxedo-suited human announcer waited as an old-style silver microphone lowered from somewhere high up in the arena's rafters. There is much hatred in that octagon, Vicor the Black said. He lifted a bottle of Junky Gin Special Reserve and took a drink. There is also much respect. Respect, Marcus Diablo said. He reached out his left hand, held a glass in front of Vicor. Vicor filled it with gin. You know, I never thought Kyle really knew the meaning of the word respect. But for the first time, I can see it in his eyes. That and bloodlust, Vicor said, and took another long drink. Yeah, Marcus said. That and bloodlust. The ring bell sounded three times, and the announcer spoke, his words echoing through the arena. Tonight, we are going to watch the most anticipated match in the history of professional fighting for the heavyweight championship of the universe. Are you ready? Fight fans, are you ready?
The thousands in attendance and the trillions watching from the deepest reaches of space. From that bastion of interspecies cooperation, the jewel of the purest nation's peaceful intentions, the Bob Laramie Memorial Arena on Buddha City Station. Ladies and gentlemen, sentience of all ages, let's get ready to rumble! This is a five-round fight, each round lasting five minutes. The fight is sanctioned by the Intergalactic Fighting Association. In the corner to my right, a former citizen of the purest nation, standing six foot six and weighing in at 382 pounds, with a professional record of just two losses against 32 wins, 23 by knockout or submission, and five by fatality. He is the Reverend of the Revelation, the nuclear fuel power plant of pain. He is Kyle, the heretic, North! The crowd roared as one, a multi-being organism with enough power to shake the walls. Damn, Marcus said. Can you imagine what it's like down there in the octagon? I think we shucked up, Mr. Black. Vicor, the quith leader said. We are both losers tonight. We don't deserve terms of respect. And his opponent, the announcer continued, hailing from the planet Chick Chick. A proud citizen of the Quith Concordia. He is six foot eight inches tall, weighing in at 382 hard fighting pounds. His record is one of perfection. An unblemished, untouched, undefeated, 46 wins, 31 by knockout or submission, 10 by decision, and five by fatality. He is the conquistador of the Concordia, the black hole of hate, the greatest fighter in the history of civilization, he is Korak the Cutter! Marcus took a long drink as the crowd roared again. The arena trembled, knocking something off the back wall of the luxury box. That something crashed with the sound of breaking glass, but neither manager turned around to look. The black hole of hate, Marcus said that you are the marketing people. Vicor grunted. That one was mine. Korak is what you humans would call antisocial. Imagine that. The massive black and white stripe wearing heavy key ref scuttled to the middle of the octagon, his Kretorakian translator fluttering up before landing on his shoulder. The ref beckoned the fighters to join him. They approached cautiously, as if they thought the other might throw a sucker punch at any second. The scarred human and the cracked quith warrior stood toe to toe, Kyle's nose almost in Korak's mouth. Kyle had to tilt his head back slightly to look into Korak's single, baseball-sized eye. The ref started talking in his guttural string of syllables. The flapping Kretorakian translated. The Honorable Ben Almoto gave you your instructions in the dressing room. In the event of a knockdown, go to a neutral corner. Remember, protect yourself at all times, and above all, obey his honorable commands at all times. Now touch gloves, and when you hear the bell, come out fighting. Korak the Cutter and Kyle North gently touched gloves, an oddly civil act amidst the zoo that Marcus had watched for the past 15 minutes. Vicor the Black took a long drink from the now half-empty bottle. Marcus drained his glass 
and held it over for a refill. Vicor obliged, then held the bottle up, the long neck angled toward Marcus. To fighters, Vicor said. To real fighters. Marcus raised his glass and tinked it against the bottleneck. I'll shuck and drink to that. The two sentients did so. Down in the octagon, the bell rang three times. Kyal, the heretic North, and Korak the Cutter moved to meet in the middle. You have been listening to Title Fight, Season 2 of the Galactic Football League series. Written and performed by Scott Sigler. Produced by Ariok Morningstar, with post-production by Steve Rickyberg. For more information on Scott and more free stories, go to scottsigler.com. Theme music is the song The Kids Are Coming For You by the band Superweapon. Superweaponband.com. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.